Hello, welcome back to the corner of the round table. This is a separate racing edition. I'm here with Corbs and we've got the Oracle on the line. How are you? I'm good, boys. How are you traveling? Pretty good. Pretty sweaty, actually. It's humid as shit. Yeah, it's come out of nowhere, this heat, hasn't it? I know. It's the first taste of summer, really. It's a good sign, I guess, in a sense, but then we're getting all the rain and storms that are coming with it, which is obviously a pain in the ass at times, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. La Nina. La Nina still in full force. When are we meant to get out of this and into the, what's the, what's the other one? El Nino? El Nino, yeah. It keeps changing. When, the the yeah. goalpost keeps changing. They reckon it was going to be like sometime early next year, like March, April, then it changed now to Feb, and they're thinking it could even be earlier, which is good. Okay, so it's going to come around quicker than we than we anticipated initially. Unless they change it again, you know? No, I can't remember the last time I saw one. <laughs> I can't. Honestly, yeah. But I'm so got, used to El Nino. It's like a... I've got a short memory when it comes to weather. The, the El Nino is like the mistress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's get into it then, shall we? Uh, do you want to talk about last weekend? Bit of success. Yeah. Bit of uh, near misses. No. A couple well, of very unlucky ones, I reckon. Yeah. It was a bit frustrating on, on the weekend, particularly those first three runners. I thought Do It La was just, if you can put a pen through that horse now, I thought she was coming out of a group two, finished off nicely at Flemington, just didn't step up. I thought the the winner in the second horse, I think that, um, what was it, climbing something? I can't remember now. No, it, was re- it was really good. Um, I think you could follow it with with a bit of confidence. I think it's very green still. And if you could see that it hit the lead and then kind of couldn't shift out to get into the better ground and it just got done by that Zoe's promise. So I think you can follow the, the second horse into the future. Um, do it like you can suck it. Nolan, um, Nolan didn't make the best decisions at the start of that ride, did he? I think we were, no. we were saying he had a chance to take defence and he kind of like sat back. Yeah, he. I think he. I think he was a bit cocky on the horse potentially, and again, he's not making good decisions at the moment. He's a bit out of form, so he's one of those jockeys that I'm kind of going to be just a bit cautious with if he's on a horse that I fancy. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think as much we can take away from that race. Um, and then, oh, what about Virtuous Circle? Oh my god, that's huge. That was oh. I, like I wasn't even mad about losing on it. I guess because of how incredibly tough that run was yeah oh huge run eating ground off berkeley square and pericles who had the runs of the race and then for us to like go into it being like oh my god what a run what the perfect lead up to a derby and then we get that news that the owners have pulled the pin on the prep and uh, sending him off for a spell was a bit shattering that's for sure so that's is is that confirmed oracle that yeah it's confirmed so they I, i was like trolling through the nominations for the derby on monday just praying and hoping that they they just had a change of heart, but they didn't. Oh, and I've got to re- why? Yeah. <laughs> I've got I, I've got to respect the decision because obviously I, I think we've spoken about it before. Those derbies and those Oaks races because they're such a in, like a high distance, like two thousand five hundred meters is it's a big ask for a three year old who's potentially in their first, maybe second prep at the at the best. It can affect the way a horse goes in terms of its career, and it. You find that a lot of horses don't seem to handle it and that's where essentially their careers become to a halt. And if you think about it, think about how many derby winners in recent years that you've seen have gone on to actual, like I'm talking VRC derby winners, 
have actually gone on to be like really good four, five and six-year-olds. There, there wouldn't be many that you can think about. Yeah, you so, see that a lot actually now that you mention it. It's, it's such a, it's a, it'd be a big decision to make. You're kind of betting on the future. It's like, do I, do I want to go down the route of winning a group one and then potentially never having the opportunity with that horse again? Yeah. Or do I back my trainer who's, who's, who we know is a great trainer, Liam Howley, he was with, um, he was with Lloyd Williams and all his, his horses. So he's a good trainer. But, yeah, you, you don't see many horses go on to bigger and better things. I think the last – well, I think if we're looking back at history, I Totsu's obviously gone on to big things. He won the – the ATC derby and then unfortunately succumbed to injury. Johnny Get Angry two years ago hasn't done a thing since. Um, warnings thereabouts, but he's not a world beater. Extra no. Brute got sold to Hong Kong. And then you got Ace High Prized Icon and um, Tizino was Tizino's been a really, really good horse. So probably he's probably the last good horse outside of Hitotsu who's actually gone on with things. Yeah, and we had the Oh, it just sucks. That that run was just looking so promising. For, oh. for the derby, and we had the futures bets on it. We put them up, we tipped them. It was all looking like it was lining up. Oh, and then when straight after the race, I was like just refreshing all the, the bookmakers, and everyone just had it about five, five fifty, and we're sitting there on a twenty six dollar ticket, going, "Yes, here we go." And, and um, I, I, th- I was cashing mine. Even oh, it even right. dropped to um, it went from like 11 just bef- like before the race, 30 minutes, and then went to eight as they were loading the barriers. So, like, confidence was coming, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, the, it was the one that got away, but at least I think everyone would have got those refunds there unless you, you were with one of those, those bookies that don't offer it. But I think the majority of them are offering it now, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Hey, just quickly before we move on, how about that lightning at Mooney Valley Friday night? Oh. Sent the Matacardo over to Saturday. God, to be honest, I thought that was like I I rate the guys, the the stewards there at Mooney Valley, but that was a pretty shit decision, to be honest. Like, apparently, you could like it struck a crane nearby, and like the storm was just above, and apparently at the track, the the crack was just ridiculous. Yeah, you so shook the footage. Just, shook the footage. Uh, the the broadcast footage on oh, racing dot com. Cut it out for saw, a, little, a second. You saw Jamie Carr going out on um, I think it was Cool and Gatter. And how flustered that horse was! Like yeah. amazing piece of horsemanship from um, uh, from Jamie just to, to stay on that horse. Like it was pretty pretty epic. Probably um, spooked a lot of the horses you'd imagine. Yeah, well I know um, Shakiro. He slipped over in the mounting yard. Oh no! So he flustered him and he slipped. He was fine. Like he got back up. Yeah. But he he slipped over in, in. Yeah, he is a big boy. So he slipped over. He got up. But yeah, like it, it flustered all of them. So I think that it was a smart decision. They should have just called off the meeting as it is rather than to persist, even though we wanted to see racing. But I think for the welfare of the jockeys, the horses and all involved, moving it to the Saturday was the smart decision. And I actually frosted it. Like oh, yeah. We had this huge oh. high from the, from the Cox Plate. Then we had the, 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 the last race in italics and they went into the Manicata. Everyone was like up and about again. Like it yeah. was good. Yeah, it was fantastic. Hell of a get out today. It's one of the best ones in recent memory for me, especially oh, with yeah. the performance. Oh, Bella Nipple Bella. Wasn't that awesome? She deserved that. Oh, and did it with such ease. Like, oh, smoked four, what, 4.7, five lengths or something it was. Oh, what a fun And, and was watch. still going, still going away from him. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I heard? You, you, this is the interesting story. So, 
apparently she with um, Kieran Ma was in negotiations with James Harron for an Everest slot for her, and Kieran said, "No, we don't want. We're, we're going for the Manicato." So he ended up picking Giga Kick after um, after Bella Nipotini's connections rejected the offer. Okay. And I reckon she would have run a real good race in that Everest. So oh, yeah. bring bring on next year with her because she's she's flying. She's awesome. She's great so to she, watch. That, she was their first pick. She was James Harron's first pick. They were going through negotiations or, or I guess pre, pre-negotiation talks and Kieran Ma said, no, nah, we're going to the Manicato. That's her grand final. That's what we've been aiming for. Easy kill in the end. And look how that, well, turn, look how that turned out with Giga Kick as well. Geez, oh, got exactly. Got a good stable. You get two from two. Yeah. So, so pretty pretty awesome, um, and I think yeah, she she's she's a, like a she just never runs a bad race, does she? No, no. we've been <laughs> on Bella for a while. Yeah. Well, we Bella, we Bella decla- Nipotincha. Yeah. Well, well, we um we if you go back and listen, we we declared her after the the Moi stakes. Yeah, Moi. <laughs> yeah, we declared her there. What was she? I don't even know what odds she was at that point. Uh, we declared her anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we looked at the futures, but. I got five fifty for it. There you go. So better than starting price. I think starting price is what three fifty. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it, it dropped. dropped down, it yeah. got right down. Yeah, because obviously the scratching of Cool and Gatter obviously affected that, but still three fifty. No, lovely stuff. Safe. Great yeah. tipping. Great tipping once again. What well, it, it saved the day. I think we ended up oh, with yeah. what, plus plus four and a half units or or something about that. So at least we profited for the day. So. And followers, th- if they followed the staking, at least at least we weren't losing. Well, yeah, there was money to be had on the place on um, Virtuous Circle too. Yeah, and again, if you if you had those bet backs, which I think every bookie offers now on those major races, like everyone would have got bonus bets back on the other three anyway. Yeah, and um, Oracle, there was actually quite a few messages come in where people just backed, and I know I did myself, backed all your selections for the place. And combined them in multis, which yep. which they all placed and won one. So I saw a couple of them too. Yeah, they got a couple sent of nice collects, massive collects. I, I I appreciate that, but you know my thoughts on horse multis. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they played They're it smart on. though. Smart punters that listen to this podcast. Exactly, <laughs> that's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, what else? Spring Championship, did you want to t- touch on that? Yeah, well, I think I think we should touch on it. Just with, I think, a couple of horses going on to the, the Derby and the Oaks this week coming as well. Like, um, So, obviously, we, we had a quite a decent play with a four-unit play on um, She's Extreme. I am still quite livid at Glyn Schofield's ride because from all reports, she was going to go forward from all the... Um, like reports that Anthony Cummins said to the steward, she'll be rolling forward. And then she gets jacked back three back and just had too much to do. I don't, when I, I've been watching the replays again, just to, to see, get a good, in, like, I guess a good indication about who I'm going to be looking for in the, in the Derby in the Oaks. I don't think she would have won had she been more forward because sharp and smart was three wide the entire trip and still like, like still powered through to the line. So I think, um, She's definitely should have finished a lot closer, but whether or not she won, I guess that that's up in air. That's for sure. It was a namesake victory for Sharp and Smart. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I, well, he goes into the Derby on the weekend. I think we'll touch on that when we do the Flemington preview. Um, but yeah, he's 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 a good horse, and I think uh, Rogerson, the trainer, he's all but declared him in the Derby. So really, I get, 
Yeah, you did the interview. I think that might have been a bit of excitement after winning a Group 1 with him, but we'll wait and see. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, Amelia's Jewel in Perth. Oh, yeah, the darling of Perth at the moment. I I think we all had a little bit of a play on her and I got a really late drift, uh, drift on Betfair. I ended up snapping up about a 3.30 for her late. So to see her run like she did fresh when she was vulnerable in a, in a listed race, I think she's in for a monstrous prep and I really, really hope she comes over here to the eastern side at some point. Do you think she'd still come over in the spring? Uh, no, nah, she won't come over here now, but potentially over in the autumn. Um, I wouldn't surprise me if they she just hangs around for the the Ascot Carnival because I think they've got like the Winter Bottom, the Guineas, and their, their, essentially their Group One Carnival comes up after the spring. So yeah. yeah, so it'll be it'll be good. I hope we'll wait and see, but I think she's an absolute talent and she's just a rocket. So any chance good to, of getting a price on her up again? Um, probably not in Perth. Yeah, I think I think we got the price we did on the weekend because. She was first up, vulnerable, um, but I don't think we'll get much of a price now. I think she's just going to go from strength to strength. Yeah, they'll be onto it. Maybe one for the yeah. horse multis. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> You're willing to play them? Uh, 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 n- n- me? No, but you guys can certainly <laughs> chuck them in there. No, I'm off them. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm all around. In Oracle, I trust. <laughs> you know this. I like that. Um so, should we go to the races this weekend? Let's do it. Let's touch on them. Now, do you want to do Rose Hill first or do you want to do Flemington? Yeah, Rose Hill. Rose Hill, all right. So, the weather's been really good in Sydney now, thank God. So, I think the track's been rated a soft seven at present with under five mil expected over the next coming days. So, I reckon we're going to be running on a soft six, soft five, potentially a good four later in the day if we do get those drying conditions. So, I think we're going to be in for a really nice day of racing, finally. Um, rails in the true, which is always a positive sign. Just just be mindful, obviously, being Rose Hill, where it does have that tendency to play on speed. So I guess we'll be sitting out those first few races and just, just monitoring and seeing. But I can't see there being an issue moving forward. And, and there'll be a couple of, like, I'll, I'll be watching the first few and then we can obviously post up on the socials if, if we see any sort of bias and we'll, obviously leading towards those leaders and non paces. Yeah. Okay. Now I kind of was hoping it'd be a little bit softer for uh, yeah. brutality. One of the tough ones. Oh. oh yeah. Do you want to touch on brutality? So in the, well, it's actually the nature strip stakes, which is, which is a good race. Great yeah. field. Yeah. So, let's, let's do it. Yeah. So that's the 1300 meter race. So this race is named after the Everest winner of the previous year. So next year it'll be called the Giga Kick Stakes. So, so it's good. all it's part of that sprint series, which is which like it makes you eligible for a huge bonus if you end up winning the sprint series. So if you look at it on, I think the standings at the moment, I think Mazu and um, Lost and Running are really in line to win that huge payday. Which I, I can't remember what the exact figure, but it's it is in the millions. Yeah, that they could win. So. You win this race, essentially you're in line because Nature Strip obviously isn't here, um, Giga Kick's not here, and a few others. So you'd be really in line for that million dollar bonus if you do win this race. Was it the Everest? Is it seven million? It's not seven million to the winner. It's seven million across, spread across the placings. 
Yeah, I think. Oh no, no, I think it's 50, is it fifteen million across the whole thing? I think it is seven Fuck. million to the to the winner. And I think it's getting a, I think it's getting a prize money boost next year or the year after oh. as well. Good old PVL just getting somehow getting all this funding for nothing. That's a lot and of money yeah. in gambling. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Jesus. So yeah, do you want to? I reckon we touch on that. I guess the more fancied runners in this, and um, see if we can find a bit of an edge. Yeah. Okay. So oh, I guess we'll touch on. We'll just go through and market order if that's all right. Yeah. Go so, for it. So lost and running, obviously we know late uh, that controversial late scratching leading up to the Everest. Um, from memory, I think he was lame. I can't remember the, the stewards report, but yeah, he was lame. He's had a, a tick over trial just recently at Rose Hill, I think on the 21st of October behind Saturn Star. Um, I think he ran second in it. I wasn't sold on on that trial, to be honest. And I was, I was, I was expecting him just to not so much be like asked of much, just to go through the line and under a stronghold. And he was made to work through the line and he could not get past um, Satin Star, which is, I think it's a gay bot horse. And um, Bornis Notches, who's going to be running in the Coolmore down in Flemington, who I thought trialed a lot better than him. So I have, because obviously, I, what pro, I'm just, sorry, I got the bet per price up. What have you got there, Corbs, for him? I got $2.60 strong favourite. Yeah, see, I feel like it's like if he's there to play, he I think he just wins this race. But if there's any reservations and, and obviously he's been lame or he's had some sort of issue. So I'm always hesitant to back horses, particularly in those short odds into these big races after after that injury, I guess. So I've got reservations on him. Yeah, no thanks. Um, not, at, not at that price. Nah, not even, at that price. Even a bloody Powderfinger song lyrics couldn't couldn't steer me into that at 260. Nah, it's it's just it's just too short. But if you see the big syndicates get involved, they may they may know something that we don't know. So he'll be he'll be one to watch um, come race time. Um, Mazu, he's fourth up now. He's never gone beyond twelve hundred. So is that is he going to be found out with that last that last hundred meters? I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see. Um, so that's a bit of reservations on him. Eduardo, he won't run a strong thirteen hundred, particularly a with. <laughs> Particularly with a lot more, I guess there's a fair few horses in here that you know will will be up there pressuring him. I know Riadini, Gaybot, Tim Clark on, he'll be up there just being a pest. So, yeah, I don't know. I've got I've got reservations on Eduardo. Barrier um, Barrier Eleven as well. So yeah, that, that doesn't worry me because he's got pretty good gate speed. So he'll probably get across pretty pretty easily. Like if you're looking there, you've probably got we own a smart one. We'll probably go forward. Uh, Riadini will definitely go forward, being a gay bot. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do, what Clippo does with, from from gate one with Marzu, and because obviously he's he's raced on speed before. But is there a concern that he's if he if he is up there dictating the pace or at least eyeballing one of the leaders, is he going to run out of strong thirteen hundred? Mm. Yeah, the the map is a really really interesting thing. Yeah, because yeah, so. And then you got Mask Crusader, who we know will bomb the start like he always will, and he'll rock at home for for second or third, and and everyone will be like, oh my god, he's what a he's going to win the Everest or he's going to win the TJ next year. But yeah, I just can't trust him, unfortunately. Do you think the thirteen hundred meters is just not going to help him get there? In the well, end? he's he's raced it twice. He's had a, he's had a, a nice second over there, but he's. It, <laughs> He like he finished like I know in the what was it classic legend. So this race actually last year, funnily enough, Eduardo won. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. He's a perennial bridesmaid. Sometimes even a perennial 
bouquet catcher. Yeah, exactly. So he won't have my cash on him. He's, and he's always a low percentage player as it is. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I don't know. This, I, I kind of like him. I'm not a, I wouldn't go, I'm not going to have anything big on him, but I can just kind of see, like, I kind of feel like he's, he, surely he's going to get one, one day. He will, and you watch, you'll be at a decent price and you get all the, all the, the armchair punters getting up and going, I told you he'd win, he's the best horse yeah. and all that, but he, he would just have got the, the, the absolute perfect race set up, simple as that. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of people getting on him too, there always seems to be. Yeah, exactly. So he he's always got his supporters. So I think well twelve fifty with Betfair at the moment is a decent price, but he probably won't be having my cash. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Who um, we one, got next? One I've got there, um, Brendan. I've got Black booked. Had for a long mm-hmm. time. Um, I was super impressed with the last race, but I'm not sure about its um, format. Rose Hill is private eye. Oh, mate, that's what I was going to talk about next. Nice. Isn't he Isn't he an absolute ripper chance in this race? Oh, God. See, if they're running on, I really like Private Eye. Oh, he was he was immense in the Everest. And, like, he was just ridiculous. I got a little saver on him to just for the, for the quaddie's sake when we stood at Nature Strip. And, oh, God, I was cheering for him to get through because I think he deserved that. But he's he's riding this race up into his eyeballs and I don't mind him being drawn out because at least he, it gives him time to really wind up and and like savage that line with that extra 100 metres. Mm. So I'm not too concerned by that. The other one, obviously, that I, I wear, and I think we all discussed this during the week, where you've got to have a little bit on brutality, don't we? Oh, yeah. Both, both, both starts this prep, fastest last 600 metres of the day. He's just... Like he, he in the Premier Stakes last start, he caught better sectionals than Wahaha Falls. Like he is just primed and ready. I would love oh. to, I would have loved to see him at fourteen hundred, but I guess we'll wait and see what um what Joe Pride has in store. And it wouldn't surprise me if he um if he is a bit of a nomination in this Champions Mile on on the Saturday the week after. I can't hold out any longer. Yeah, blink, I'm have blink, to have a crack. I think I think we should all have a crack. Like, what what are you guys getting in your in your prices at the moment? Seventy one and eleven. There you go. So you just have a little snippet on it, half unit each way. I think he's going to run a good race. I don't think he'll disappoint. You might run a good fourth or fifth, but it'd be good fun if he came. Um, if he he got up. Oh, wouldn't it? Be very <laughs> wouldn't good fun. It? Yeah, <laughs> got to get on him. Oh. Yeah, so I feel like I feel, feel like we should have a little snippet on him. And again, we've been spruiking him all prep, so we've got to do something, don't we? Absolutely. Um, so yes, so that I think I think that race is a really, really, really good race. And I'm, there's, I think there's numerous chances, but if you had gun to my head right now, I'd probably pick Private Eye would be the main bet, and Brutality just because we have to do it. Yep, love it. I like that. So. What else do we like? The Golden Eagles on there. Do you want to touch on that? Yeah, what a ripper race again. So it's interesting that um, that Chris Waller's offered um, opted to bring both Fangirl and Hinged here and scratch them from the Empire Rose down in um down in Melbourne, which I'm quite surprised at because I thought um I thought they they well, particularly Fangirl on a good deck at back at Flemington. I thought she was a ripper chance down there if she if she brings that. First up performance. Yeah, I'm a fan. So, yeah. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm quite intrigued by Waller's decision to bring both of them up here, but they've both drawn the absolute car park. They you've have. got Hinged in 20 and you've got um, you've got Fango in 21 next door. So, Do you think that writes yeah. them off? No, I don't think so because you've got those big fields. So you're going to get a lot of those horses drawn who are, I guess, those – midfield back markers who are going to get drawn in and they're going to get running up traffic. So it might create a good way for them to come down the outside. Hinged will go forward, though, from 20, I think. Surely okay. Waller's not going to drag her back and I think Fangirl will just pop out and then just come down the outside if she can. Another um, one of my black bookers, Bren, who you, yeah. know, who you know. There's a lot, yeah. been a fair bit of uh, push for, for this one, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. I, th- I think I've got the. I think shocking. I've got. Oh no, Jimmy the Bear. Yeah. Oh, Kim, well, Kim plays he, He's not in the field but, at, at present, though. He's second emergency. Oh. oh, there we go. So he's, yeah, he's coming. So from, he, he, so he'll rely on because I think the field they increased the field size, which I think was the biggest stitch up, and then they they increased um, uh, Well Wall's handicap, so he got in the field. Which is a bit of a bit of a dodgy thing, I, I see. But yeah, so he's second emergency. So he's he's also nom down in Flemington as well. They're Corbs. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were, and I, we were talking about yeah. his record. The other the other potty was it eighty three percent place rate, fifty percent win rate out of twelve starts. Like that's pretty awesome, isn't it? It's impressive. Yeah. So in in all honesty, I think he's a ripper chance down at Flem as well. Yeah, right. God, he, I love Jimmy the Bear. <laughs> As tough he's, as they come. Yeah, he's, he's a good horse, definitely. But, yeah, um, so, sorry, one other one I wanted to bring up with you, which I know you would have got to. Mm-hmm. I'm just skipping through, sorry. That's all right. So, this favourite. Light Infantry. Yeah. That's my oh. black book. Yeah. Yep. Well, I've, I think I said to Connie last week in on the pod, like I've had Light Infantry when I got, like, I guess the, the notification that he was going to be coming down here for the – for the Golden Eagle, in my black book notes, it's got Golden Eagle moral written there. So <laughs> I'm probably going to have to back up what I've said in my notes because I've been following pretty much his, his entire European career. I'm going so, to have to back up your notes as well, I think. Yeah. So I um, I was watching him in I, – I felt he was poor. So I was watching the 2000 Guineas there at Newmarket, the one that Corobus Cor- won. He didn't run a great race in that there, but um, – it was the, the the two next starts that really, I guess, caught my eye where he ran. I think it was a, a group one over the, the mile, 1,400, I think it was, at Doval in France. And he absolutely obliterated that field. And then he went to the, another group one over the mile, France, and, and came within 0.4 of a length of Inspiral, who is a very, very good horse on her day with um, from Don, John Gosden over there. That was his last race. That was his last race before he's um he's went into quarantine and and all that and so wait a second what if he hasn't he hasn't raced in Australia yet no he hasn't why do I have him black booked is that I wouldn't wouldn't know I'm gonna say <laughs> how do I, how it would have been done a late that? a late night Great Britain <laughs> punting sesh <laughs> one Thanks I don't remember which is either way how that, it goes. Usually, is that a sign? That's the biggest sign I've had in a long time. That's, uh, <laughs> that's two members of TCRN, Black Booking, Light Infantry. This, this is definitely a so sign. One of them's never even seen him race. 
So, so I think I think the big things that we got to look out of from Light Intrusory's last run behind um, in Spiral is he managed to turn the tables on Corobus. So he ended up beating him by one and three quarter lengths, I think, or maybe maybe a little bit less. But the horse that ran eighth in that race was State of Rest. State of Rest was obviously the horse that took Animo, or that controversial win in the Cox Plate last year. So if we're going to line up those form lines, um, it's pretty awesome for a, for a, a restricted four-year-old race. And this is Jamie, isn't it? Jamie Spencer's. Um, sorry, this is Jamie Spencer's only other ride. I remember why I black booked this now. Besides his Melbourne Cup ride. Yeah. This is you were telling me about this. That's why yeah, so I black booked is, it. There we go. <laughs> sorry. Yes. So this is this is why he's in Australia. So he had the pickup ride on um, Gold Trip in the Cox Plate because Mark Zara had already committed to Thunderstruck. Um, so there was no no rider engaged. So Jamie flew out early. He'd already had his visa sorted. And then um, Kieran Marb, obviously being the trainer or the, the future trainer, I guess, of, of Light Infantry, has obviously offered him the, the ride on Gold Trip. So Light Infantry will be here to stay then. Is that right? No. So this is what's happened with Light Infantry. Come over for the $10 million Golden Eagle. They're going to then take him back over to the Europe and prepare him for Royal Ascot in June, July next year and then bring him back down here for the spring um, after that. And then he's going to be here permanently. Oh, wow. Now, running an eye across this, mm-hmm. an uneduca- someone uneducated eye, I don't think that if, he's that, if he's that much class, I don't think this, this field is really that class as far as Australian horses go. Not at all. So this is, yeah, you think that 360 is good odds for him? Are you on the honest truth? I think it is. And I think what you're doing there is you're taking that price to go, has he settled into Australia? Like how many horses have you seen here that have this huge boom on them overseas? They come out here and just absolute stinks. Yeah. So you got to be weighing that up. I think in terms of where he's drawn, it's perfect. He's not going to get really – he can probably roll roll along. Um, I have him sitting midfield where he is. So, yeah, I think – um, I think I think he could be a really really good bet. Yeah, and based on recent form, you wouldn't want him really with any other stable. Nah. And when you got to think about it, like if you've got um, state of rest, I know he wouldn't qualify for this race because of age. But you have state of rest or Coribus or Inspiral uh, Inspiral in this race. What odds are they going to be starting? Short. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like we're still getting a decent price purely from I think the risk, but. What I would be doing, I probably wouldn't be getting on now. I'd be waiting until that last 10 minutes and just following the money because usually what happens is that late money with these internationals, they are on point. Yeah. So just keep an eye on it. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be putting any sort of large sums now, just purely for the risk factor. But if you see him have like a, a decent drift on him, then I'd probably avoid the race. But if you see money start to come for him, just have a launch. No, he's settled. Yeah. Okay, that's good advice. Now, any others you want to talk about in that? Well, I, I put in the Congo in, in the black book after his run behind Rocketing by last night, along with Wahe here falls, purely for a thought because he was so long between runs. Like, obviously, he, he ran in that McEwen stakes, you know, one by your Rothfire. Yeah. He was a tad unlucky. He probably didn't handle the handle the, the Mooney Valley track. Then had a tick over trial in, in late September and then, it was like three weeks later that he went into those that Sydney stakes. So 
I think he could be forgiven for obviously dropping off. And he did run second in this race, but when we look at it, so he did run well. Um, it's just, he's, I think he's going to have a decent amount of um, pressure coming from, from a lot of other horses. Like we know Lavish Girl goes forward. We know that Lady of Honor goes forward, Lightsaber, uh, Military Expert and Mitsumo Mozart. So you're looking at that. There's a lot of pressure up front, isn't there? And a bit of worry over the 1500 as well with him. Yeah, well, he did win the Golden Rose quite strong, beating Animo, funnily enough, um, at Rose Hill over the 1,400 metres. And I thought he clocked some really good sectionals that day. Mm. But, yeah, I do have that cons- that that reservation as well, Corbs. Sure. Wow. Um, yeah, it's 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 one of those races where if Light and Fratrini doesn't turn up, there's a handful of horses that could step up and win this. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not... I'm not looking in that field and and seeing yeah. too much class. Like Converge just, looked like it was going to be something, but it's really dropped off. In the Congo, it was good. like you said, like I don't. It's probably, the race isn't probably going to be run to suit him. Nah, and then Villana's definitely a, a great chance. I thought she was awesome in that. Uh, I'm sorry, he was awesome in that um, Silver Eagle. Yeah, that was nice. putting away like he beat he beat a lot of these these guys home. Mr. Mozart, Brigantine actually got scratched. Um, Kiss Sam, Codiel, Lavish Girl. Like, he, he he put sword to a lot of them. So, Nash on board, but the problem is Barry 24, where they're going to end up in the map. Yeah. Do you think I yeah. wish I win could – do you think you could just scrap its last run, forget about it, and it could run a big race here? <sighs> I know. He's that, he's that head-scratcher horse because he was so disappointed. Like, yes, he, he ran well in that, that um, Turak, but – it's. Just, I just have concerns. One, him running anything further than fourteen hundred, um, for one, in a in a real high pressure race and and a race of this caliber, and two, was last start a bit of a gut puster end of prep type run. Like, yes, I know, I do concede that he's had three starts, but is he one of those horses that's better kept fresh? I don't know. It looked like that to the eye. Yeah. Looked so like, he looked lame almost, like. It- we, if you if you look at his like how he's gone throughout his preps, every single prep he's kicked off and second up, he's really performed. And albeit he's only had a few preps, but over in New Zealand he he tapered off and finished third, and then eighth, fourth up. He then was fresh and had another first up win, fresh and had a really good second to on the bubbles, who I know Corbs has got an opinion of, and then came here, big boom, handicap win. Um, over 1,400, great run in the Testarossa, one again. And then, I don't know, i am just got concerned that maybe he might be a fresh horse who has one to two runs, maybe three runs max in a prep. But again, I know he's young. I guess Peter Moody obviously knows horse, horse racing a lot better than me. So see what he wants to think of it. All right. Well, my eyes are locked in on light infantry. Yeah. So, yeah, keep an eye on light infantry. If, when, if I get any sort of inkling, I reckon we'll just pull the trigger. Bang. Anything else? <laughs> anything else you want to go over at Rose Hill there, Oracle? Yeah, I'm super keen on this tenth race. Nice. Okay. I'm going so, to right now. Yeah. So there's two horses in this race that I'm just. It's annoying that they both come up because I know arbitration was in a race earlier in the day and was scratched, which was a really really frustrating thing because I was like, "What are you doing? What are you doing to me, James?" So I thought he was a. He, I think he's a ripper chance in this race. And this is Democracy Manifest. 
No, I don't like to oxidize. <laughs> best name, best name I've seen in a long time. Good name, I do, I do concede that, but I just don't get how he's four twenty, four twenty favourite. Yeah, he's okay. coming out of a like a Colts and Geldings BM seventy eight at Warwick Farm, where I thought he at. I don't, Cisco Bay's obviously come out of that race and, and run really, really well at one of those provincial cup meets, but I just didn't think he was that good, to be honest. Like he, I know he's a dollar ninety favorite. He'll have the SP profile, and I think that's what's probably anchoring him in this price. But that's the I charge. Yeah, I seriously think I am lethal in arbitration. Are ridiculous odds considering what both of them did last start. Yeah, okay. So they're the ones so, you, you like. Yeah. So I'll just be waiting because the reason why. So if we're getting a good deck, all right. So this is where we'll probably go in terms of the tips on Saturday. If we get a good deck, like a firm deck. I'm lethal is the bet. If we've got something in the soft six, soft seven, even worse range, arbitration is the bet. Okay, good. So we'll just keep an eye on that. See how... keep, keep an eye on that because, yeah, I, I loved arbitrations running that beer. Uh, Phillies and Mares BM72 at Rose Hill in the midweeks. It's just 60 and a half kilos. It drops now to um, 54. 54 kilos. Zach Lloyd's on board, drawn perfectly, loves Rose Hill, track and distance, handles all ground. I just think it's a bet. And then, obviously, I'm lethal was that eye catcher over the 1,400 at Eagle Farm uh, in early October. It was one of those days where if you were on on the fence or up in that first few, then you were had a great advantage over those horses, I guess, in the back of the field. And he was right out back and he just absolutely savaged the line in some ridiculous final sectionals. So I think... Sorry, we just had to cut there and we're going to jump forward to Flemington. We just had a bit of noise in the background. So we'll pick things back up. Yeah, so Derby Day, here we go. First day of the, the Flemington Carnival, which is exciting. Um, try, the rail is in the true position, which is great. Usually very, very fair racing when the rail's in that position. I think we're getting under 10 mils between now and race day, so I think we'll be dealing with perfect track conditions, soft five, soft six at the at the absolute worst, which is fantastic. Okay. And, and the, so, or, the Oracle will be on ground. I will be on ground, so I can I can check out the mounting yards and do anything like that if anyone wants anything like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's not going to be any better information. <laughs> it should give you the, the Instagram. on ground. <laughs> <laughs> Just the takeover. A couple, couple of live videos. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. That's what the people want. Let's not, oh. you know, let's not be silly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, in terms of historical data, so we, we you can obviously access this on the on the Flemington website. So, I think the last thirty meetings there, thirty nine percent of winners have come from either being a leader or on pace. Twenty two percent midfield, and then thirty eight percent from the back markers. So, essentially, that's fair racing if, if you've ever seen it. Because midfield pack runs, you just got to take into account that horses are getting getting caught up, running up bums and all that kind of stuff. So what that's telling me is that it's usually going to be race dependent. Tempos, best horse usually wins, which is the best thing. So when we've got three group ones and nine group races on a, on a card, that's exactly the sort of racing or the exact sort of track that you're hoping for. It's the best track in the country, would you say? Yeah, it is. That's, Easy. That's why, isn't it? That's why. Yeah. The best horse, you know. That's exactly why. So, which what do you want to talk about first? Are we going well, straight I to re- the Lexus? I reckon, yes. Let's touch on the Lexus. We'll move into the Wakefall. Then we'll do the Coolmore Derby. And then finally finish with the Empire Rose. Yep, lovely. 
All right, so the Lexus is obviously traditionally the last, well, it is the, it is the last chance to make it into the Melbourne Cup field. It's not traditionally been a very effective race for a horse to get in and then run three days later back into the into the cup. But I think we can all remember a horse by the name of Prince of Iran. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. So he ran, he won this race, I think, oh, I can't remember how many years ago now, but he ended up going on to run second in the cup that year. So he's probably your last really good horse to win this race. But again, it's 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 a great to see a horse come through with the excitement of the owners in the in the yard when when their horse gets up and knowing that they're going to have a runner in the Melbourne Cup, which is pretty exciting. Oh, we got Realm of Flowers in this. Oh, yes, yeah. which brings me to that, my girl. So, I think she's I think she's a bet, to be honest. Woo! Yeah. I absolutely love that. <laughs> yeah, she me too. she was she was immense in um, she was absolutely immense in what race was that one that she went um blah, 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 blah. the Metro. She was huge. So she was three ride the entire trip. It was a, it was to be honest, it was it was a pretty shocking ride from Reese Jones, and then to go down by point one of a length to no compromise and um, Ladonda V, like that, like that's just ridiculous. So I think she's a ripper chance, and I I'm I'd be willing to back her to be honest. Yeah, lovely. I love that. Like I, if, if you look at the field, like I could I've got pox on them. Surefire was good. Like you could definitely make a case that Surefire was great in the in the Geelong Cup, but. They're running him what off it, his feet to get him into this cup, though, I reckon. They are, exactly. Like, I'm just worried if he's had that many runs into the prep. Yes, J-Mac on board is great, but mm, I'm worried about him. Then we've got Macram, who I just, again, he was he was sound in the in the Geelong Cup without actually threatening. Allegron, I don't think is that good. He wasn't great in the Caulfield Cup. Realm, obviously, is great. I think Interpretation is another one that they just keep pushing for. Um, great house. I think he'll be better suited to a good deck here. Um, and then the rest of them, I think are just numbers to be, to be honest. So, so if I was probably will end up being a bet, but I'll let, obviously we'll, we'll post them on the socials, but I, I, I just can't see her losing to be honest. I'm liking the look of it. So am I. Oh, she's, she's great. She's yeah. I, I can't falter. <laughs> if any horse deserves it as well, it's, oh, well, it's she, definitely she, she, realm. She, she was ruled out last year because of injury after winning the Bart Cummins. I think it was the Bart Cummins that she won. Like, it was just such a cruel thing for, for her to cop. And, yeah. No, no, sorry. She won the Rams. Remember, she beat Grand Promenade by about five lengths. Yeah, 2,800 metres. Yeah. So, yeah, so she beat good horses like Miami Bound, Persan. Yeah. So, I think she's a ripper chance. And I think the, the six bucks that I can see, or you know, 660 that I can see now, I think is a great price. Right, let's go round. Love that. And uh, yeah. wake, wakeful. Yeah, so the wakeful's the traditional lead up to the Oaks on Thursday. So it's it's actually been a really really um, like fruitful race for a lot of Oaks Oaks winners in the past. Um, it's it's because it gives them that seven day backup. They hit the ground running with like really really um, I guess full of fitness and 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 ready to go. Um, it's. I'm intrigued to see how a few of the horses run here. I think this is one of the more weaker wakefuls. Like I've, I've always had opinion of Jenny Jerome. She, um, she was great. Um, two starts ago at Sandown behind what's on by in an, uh, over an unsuitable trip. And then that heavy 10 deck over at the Caulfield and the thousand guineas just wasn't suited for her. We won that Madame Pomery one. Yeah, yeah. So I think you can, I think you can forgive her for that run. And I, I think she's been faultless this prep. We know she's by Churchill. She'll, She'll get the trip. She's got Damien Lane booked, which is 
obviously he's in form, great rider of stayers. Damien Lane so th- and Patrick Payne. I like yeah. the combo. There you go. Not as much as Billy Egan, Patrick Payne, but geez, I love I love a bit of Paddy Payne. Yeah, he's he's good. And then you've got a couple of other ones that are quite good. Like I know that Zenzella, there's quite a good opinion of her from the, the Mar Eustace camp and so dazzling from John Sargent. He was an absolute elite trainer of stayers. So don't when you're looking at the form from from so dazzling back there at Newcastle in a BM sixty four. She was a moral beat and it was one of the worst rides you'll ever see from Willie Pike. Just go back and look at her run it over the 1,800 metres at, at Flemington where she um, she won. She was awesome behind Wakamana. Um, she beat uh, Waka, Wakamana or whatever it is. So I think she's a chance as well. So to be honest, this is a really open field. I think all horses, there's a lot of horses here that won't run the trip, but I think there's a few that will. Um, it'll probably be a no bet for me, to be honest. Okay. I'm cool with that. Yeah, absolutely. So just keep an eye on a few horses, particularly those ones who are making up ground late. They may not necessarily win, but certainly keep an eye on them. Okay. And anything, uh, there's some other good races in this. Yeah. So we've got the cool morning, yeah? Yeah. So the stud-making race. So this is, I am a big fan of this field. I think it's a great, great little addition of the, of the, the cool morning. You've got In Secret, who's that boom horse from, from Godolphin. You've got, Jackano, who ran an unbelievable fifth in the Everest. Cool and Gatto, who was scratched from the, the Manicato for, for this. Our boy, Bornus Notches. Buenas Yeah. And then a horse who I, who I think is really underrated in Lofty Strike, who's a ridiculous price in my opinion. I think he should be well ahead of economics, best of Bordeaux and Grand Impact, particularly when you look at the last start and that, you know, the Blue Sapphire, which um, Grand Impact won. So one, that was one of those leader bias days at Caulfield. It was on a heavy 10. Lofty Strike clearly doesn't handle the um, handle that deck, but he was motoring home in that ground like no other horse did all day. So I think 22 for him is a, a ridiculous price. And I, I have him as probably fifth favourite, to be honest. Okay. All right. So, so he, could, he might be a little bet at the odds and then you can always lay him back later and later if you need to. Now, we spoke about Buenos Noches in mm. our futures, possible yeah. future bets uh, a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. What do you think about him in this? Yeah, still still fantastic. He's got Giga Kick form, which I know people will go come kick up and down and say it's, um, it's flattering. Giga Kick was first up, unfit, all that kind of business. But um, I think he's a great chance. I think he's drawn soundly. I think, honestly, if you're asking me now to pick two, I'd be picking between Jack and O and Buenos Noches. I think both of them are set up perfectly for a straight race. Big, big turns of foot, and we know Bonus not just handles the, um, the Flemington straight like no other. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Jack and O. I had a uh, bet on it two starts ago when it flashed home. You didn't even see it coming to the last 50 metres. Yeah, in the Golden Rose. he was. I think it was the Golden Rose. Was it Golden Rose? I think so. Yeah, there were some good horses in it. Yes. Where he was just he was epic. Yeah, it was the golden rice. He was so good in that. So I think this is a ripper race, and I'm super keen to see how in secret runs as well because I think she's a superstar. Tool and Gatter, I'm not sure. Twelve hundred bit like big field. I don't know, but I think you can put pen through a few of the others. But yeah, I'm big big fan of of Jack and Owen and Bournemouth Notches in that race. Yeah, nice. You can play them each way too. Yeah, exactly. They're both each way prices. So. No harm in backing them both. I like that. What's the, what's what do we got next? We got the big one, the derby. The big one. Oh god, I wish we had 
circle in this. Oh, mate, he would have been an absolute moral, and we know that. <laughs> but we got to move on. So this one, 2,500 metres, one of the – I think it's got the oldest history in, in – well, one of the oldest histories in the Australian racing calendar. Okay. So – how I approach a derby, I know there's be a lot of other pro punters and, and mug punters out there who, who approach it differently, but I usually approach the derby on one, I like to see them hitting the line strongly in their last start, not necessarily winning. I want to see them nice and fit. So I want to see a 2,000 or 2,200 metre under their belt before this race. And then you've got to look at the breeding. So you, you, you've got to look for those horses that have staying history, particularly on the sideline. So that's how I would be approaching this race. So you're looking at horses like Pericles, who has street bosses as um, has his sire. He was a 1,400-metre horse overseas, so I'm not sure what happens with that. Like I've, I've just got reservations over that. I do concede that he's had a wonderful prep, like 1,400, 1,400, then to the Vase on Saturday behind um, – behind Virtual Circle and, and Berkeley Square. But I just have concerns with him running out a strong 2,500 metres. Um, so I'll be looking down the road. Like I think Sharp and Smart, which we touched on back when we did the Spring Champion review, was was amazing. And I think he's bred. So he's by Redwood, who's, who's a, a, a stayer, essentially. So I think he's got a ripper chance. My only reservation with him is outside of the fact that um, it's he's, he's got to come down and have the travel, is was that a gut buster for him over 2,000 metres? J-Max jumped straight yeah. onto him. Yeah, so that's that's a huge positive. Um, he's drawn really nicely to sit just behind the speed, but is it going to be a gut buster sitting three wide over a 2,000 metre race? Quite brutal in terms of how he ran it. Is he going to hold up? So... I've got reservations about that. I think $4 is a decent price for him. So you can obviously always have a, have a bet about that if you want to. Um, Berkeley Square was another one's there. Um, territories, I don't know a lot about Territories as, as a sire, but I know that he wasn't, um, he wasn't a 2,500-metre two, horse, that's for sure. And I've, if you look at the sectionals of Berkeley Square, I have concerns, again, with him running a strong 2,500 metres. So... At the current price, if he gets into the twos range, I will be laying him. Simple as that. And from that last race, that's where you think most of the punters will end up going. Yeah, think? they'll look at him. They'll see the. They'll see like those three wins. They'll see Craig Williams on board. They'll see his SP profile. So he's he's started in the market with nearly all of his starts. So I think they'll be looking at that. He's he's obviously won the one of the traditional races in the bay. So I I, I you'll see a lot of horses. Um, a lot of sorry punters be be very drawn towards him, and I can see why. I actually really like that Pericles has William Buick on. Yeah, big William Buick, um, one of my favourite jockeys. He certainly saves me a lot in recent times because I think he's been he's had an absolute blistering year over in the in the UK. So him on Pericles is a wonderful thing, but he doesn't. William Buick hasn't exactly had the greatest of luck or or results here in Australia. So. Hopefully he brings that um, UK form because he's on a horse that I, I quite fancy in the Melbourne Cup. So um, I'm hoping he finds some form, that's for sure. Nice. So so that's probably just to wait till the day, I guess. No, so, well. no, so the horse that, funnily enough, I actually really like a Chris Waller horse in this race called Manzois. Here he is. Here we go. <laughs> so Here he is. 
if you if you go back and watch that spring champion, he never threatened. He ran eight, four and a half lengths, which I think a lot of people will miss. He actually is fast. His, his last 600, 400, 200 were not that um, – not that dissimilar to what she's extreme and sharp and smart ran. So I I think he was a bit of a hidden run. And again, he had Willie Pike on board. So out of form, mate. And now we've got Michael D who's just won, um, just won the Caulfield Cup. So a staying race over 2,400 metre being booked now. He's finally gets to his trip. He's actually a half brother to Virtuous Circle, funnily enough. Oh, oh Mickey that, D. Mickey D can ride. That's a oh, yeah, a, he can. That's a so, bit of an omen. That is... Half yeah, brother so, to our boy. That's incredible. Well, it's the next yeah. best thing, isn't yeah. it? Like, so if you we didn't know say you... that, I'd be a bit spooked, but no. that just filled me full of confidence. Yeah, like I think I think he'll, he'll run the trip definitely, and I think what 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 price can you get at the moment? Thirty one and six fifty. There you go. <laughs> so, so I oh. think he'd be worth just a small little unit. There's nothing. There's nothing harm. Like nothing going to harm you putting a unit on him at that price each way. Because I think I think he's a ripper chance. If I've won any money by that stage of the day, I'll be going fifty each way. Oh yeah, fifty. A lot. I love that. There's too much omenry in it. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're all about yeah. omenry. I was so set. Oh, actually, do you know what? I've got that mm. money coming back from that futures bet that I had on Virtuous Circle because he's not getting a start. Yeah, so why don't you chuck it on that? I'm going straight on that. So am I. <laughs> so I, th- I think, yeah, so I think he's a ripper chance. He'll handle both. He'll handle the good deck and he'll handle the soft deck. So track's not going to be an issue. He's drawn really nicely and I know he's going to see the trip. Simple as that, where there's a few others that I've got reservations about him running a strong 2,500 metres. I absolutely love that. Oh, that's so good. That is so, so good. So he potentially may be one of the bets that we post. So let's wait and see. Okay, great. Now, any of these other ones that you're interested in? Um, we'll, t- we'll briefly touch on the Empire Rose. I think it's a junk race this year, which is so disappointing. Yeah. Um, this New Zealand filly, I don't know a great deal about her, but she's been winning winning races by quite comfortably over in New Zealand. The fact that J-Mac, J- J- I guess, really so- tried to source this ride, she just brings superior form lines to every other horse. I think the only danger to her, to her is she's lickety split, who's coming back from 57 kilos to the 49. God, that's um, light. Wow. Yeah. So you find that you, those these three-year-old fillies have a lot of luck. I know two years ago I had a quite a large, large bet on Odium who ended up getting done by Damien Oliver on, um, on one of Gay's horses, which is a pain in the ass. Got done in a photo, but these three-year-old fillies always seem to run really, really well in these races. So, to be honest, at the prices, I'd be having a bet on she's lickety split. Love Dean Holland as a jockey. Eight dollars you can get versus two forty for a, a New Zealand horse who we're not sure about how good that form is here. Going to stack up here in Australia. So, if you had to, <coughs> excuse me, gun to my head, I'd be backing she's lickety split. And uh, one of our uh, favourites is Exolita. <coughs> Which is yeah. racing in this as well. Do you think it's any chance at twenty seven yeah. six fifty? She's a chance. Um, just whether she's going to run a strong mile, I guess we'll find out. She loves. She's she's good at Flemington, which is a which is a good thing. But she's she's never. I think she's only she doesn't have a great strike rate at the mile. So yeah, that's my only query with her. Okay, well, it strikes me as a day where there's going to be a bit of value in the quaddies at both tracks. Ooh. 100%, particularly at Flemington. Yeah, looks like a great day for a quaddie at Flemington. So partic- particularly if like a, I guess, Bournemouth Notches or Jack and O gets up in the Coolmore, roll that into Man's Always winning. 
then into um into she's lickety split and then we finished with the the, the lottery oh we finished with us four in the last we'll stand her out we're laughing yeah right wow. should we, do you, do you feel like maybe putting a quaddy up or? yeah i can put a quaddy up when i when i drop the numbers definitely might as well why not let's do it give the exactly. punters something to play with definitely i'm happy to do that in that last race just really quickly what you just touched on then um mm. asfora do you want to that's she put a, a huge figure last start in that Caulfield sprint. You know, where she absolutely demolished that field. And you think that's just that's just a pretty good bet, then? Mm, I'm not going to say it's a moral at by all no, means because no. there's a lot of good horses in this race. There are a lot of horses that wouldn't surprise me. Things like Najmati. I was about to say Najmati. Unbelievable prep last night. Isotope, when she's at her best, she's a great, great horse. Um, I thought a very fine red was wonderful last start in at Caulfield. So there's certainly horses that I could make cases for <coughs> outside of Asphora. So I don't know where I'm going to go with those numbers yet. I'll have to look into that race a little bit more because I, 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 to be honest, haven't even looked into it. Sure. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll post the quality numbers once um once I've finalised everything. All right, lovely. So we, me and you are going to do a podcast. On uh, the Melbourne Cup, right? We'll on a, Sunday, yeah. Yeah, we'll do a separate one. I'll chuck that up Sunday night. Yeah, we'll do, I reckon we do a runner by runner once we've um, locked in everything in terms of like barriers and, and horses and, and trainers. Because see, Durston got scratched this morning because of some vet issue, which I'd still am surprised by. Yeah, okay. That would have been interesting to see him running it. Yeah, I think it would have been a great chance. Yeah, well, all right. So we'll, we'll get that up on Sunday night. I just wanted to also say if anybody listening hasn't downloaded the Better app, B-E-T-R, they've got the promotions on there at the moment where you can get 100 to 1 for every runner in the Melbourne Cup, max $10 stake. Then you've also got the NRL and AFL uh, premierships next year, 100 to 1 for every team, the NBA and the Soccer World Cup. Is that multiple? Can you put ten dollars on like a multiple amount, or is it just one horse that you can one, put it on? One horse, just one. So if you oh, want okay. to get in a syndicate with four of your mates or something like that, just like we're gonna do, yeah, probably be worth it just to stretch your chances out. I think if you've got four, I think four's a good number. I think if you can have four picks in the NBA, the AFL, the NRL, and the Soccer World Cup, you're probably gonna hit all of them. So you're yeah. gonna split about a, you're gonna end up with about a grand each. And we'll give you something to put it on the Melbourne Cup if you're not sure, because it is the hardest race of the year. We'll also give oh, you yeah. our tips for the rest of them as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's us then. We'll, uh, we'll let you go, Oracle. Thanks so much. Like pleasure, lads. Okay. See you, mate. Have fun, Thank Oracle. Have fun. <laughs> See you, boys. Bye. See you, mate.